showing you what it means to be led by Holy Spirit in business so He can unleash all the breakthrough that He desires for you in your sphere of influence in your business. That's what this entire show is about from the beginning, the unfair advantage. And today we're going to wrap up chapter one of the book, Unfair Advantage. Now, we've already had seven shows, and I'm only through chapter one. I mean, we're just getting to page 10 in the book. The Lord said, I want you to teach my people what I taught you over seven, about eight years, actually. This book is a summary of eight years of what the Lord was teaching me through Holy Spirit about what it means to shift from the world's way to His way. And so we are taking our time, particularly on this first chapter. Why? Because chapter one, what we've already covered in terms of eight of the nine ways that we are misled, that we need to be deprogrammed from in this world are so critical. If we don't recognize and understand that we need to be deprogrammed from the ways that for over 55 years of my life, that's how I did business. Because that's how everybody did business. In the last few shows, you've heard some deep teaching, far beyond even just a few pages, few words in this book, on what it means and the downsides of being head-led and money-led or too innovation-led or too opportunity-led or too price-led, being cheap-led, or too expert-led, like that's the latest guru in the marketplace. Just the last show, we, we, I told you the, the downsides. I taught you the downsides of being too pressure-led and too feelings-led. Today, we're going to do two things. We're going to wrap up the nine major ways I was misled for so many years with number nine, pride-led. And then I'm going to share with you a frightening reality that if you have not read the book, if you've not downloaded the ebook, if you've not downloaded the audio book, which is available, which is available at Amazon, all of that's available at Amazon and other fine retailers, there's a frightening reality that many of you are probably still living under that I'm going to expose quickly before we move on to the next part of these teachings. We're wrapping up chapter one. If you happen to have your book, or if you happen to have got your ebook or whatever it might be, I'm only on page 10, but here we go. The ninth way that the Lord showed me that I was being misled, that I needed to deprogram myself from, is being pride-led, too pride-led in business. When you look at the word pride, pride goes before the fall. You know, you look at any definition of pride, it's that self-arrogance. It's that self-righteousness and self-importance. My last corporate headquarters position was with a Fortune 250, Fortune 500 firm. 40,000 employees, 1,700 locations, and I was a corporate manager in the headquarters. 1,400 people just in headquarters alone. And I saw the handwritings on the wall even before I was really following Jesus in business. I was doing my own thing, the corporate climb, doing everything I could to become an expert so I could go out on my own. And I did for 25 years, speaking and writing award-winning books, secular books on really good stuff, even sprinkling Jesus. But while I was in that preparation time at the headquarters of a Fortune 500, this was what I saw their downfall was. I kept hearing throughout the headquarters, with from the C-suite down, hey, well, we don't need to do that. We're better than that. There was, a, there was a palpable arrogance, and I knew this company was going down. And by the way, it, it no longer exists. I got out 
just before the fall began. The Lord gave me grace to get out of that company. Even to the point of this, one executive, this is just a personal story on how it's easy to be pride-led and not even realize it in our business. Because when you're pride-led, you hear things like, well, we're different. We'll let the others do that. You know, we're better than they are. You hear these kinds of things. An executive VP came to me one day. I was a corporate manager. I wasn't in the executive suite per se, but I was equipping and teaching leaders all throughout the company on how to be better leaders. That was my role, to equip the leaders of this um, $5 billion company. At that time, it was a Fortune 250-sized company. We were going to be the next Walgreens. We were, we were competing with Walgreens as a drug retailer. And we had a couple of corporate planes. This was in the late 80s, early 90s, and it was very common and makes sense. And sometimes if there was an extra seat on these planes where I could go out to the different regions and get a pulse of what's really going on in the field. That's what I needed to do. I needed to see what the district managers and the executives and the regional managers, what they were facing in real time so that I could come back and say, this is the challenges we have. Let me, let me help design executive leadership criteria and, and training programs even for the regions or for the spe special things they face or for the company at large. And then I was, uh, there was a free seat on a plane, so I put my um, name in the hat to get on the it's a free plane. It wouldn't cost anything. It was an empty seat, and I needed to go out to Dallas anyway. And my executive VP came in to me and said, Jim, you don't need to go out there to the field. You, you, don't, you need to stay here. We know what's going on out there. Talk about self-righteous arrogance. I'm not saying that's of you, but that's just one experience for me at the headquarters of a Fortune 250 firm that was getting great reviews, even in the Harvard Business Review, of what a great company this is. Well, when you're an insider like that, you can see where pride goes before the fall. Let me just encourage you. Just ask yourself, are there areas within my business, are there areas within my leadership where I might be just uh, a little bit uh, too arrogant? Perhaps I need to... Be more humble. Perhaps I need to look at things a little more humbly, not in degrading myself, not false humility, but just stepping back and saying, Lord, am I approaching this in a righteous manner, not through my own self-righteousness? That's some of the shifts we need to start in our thinking from being too pride-led. I'm better than them. We don't have to do that. You know, our stuff is far superior to... Am I missing something? Here's a confession. Even as I tape this, and this is in 2023, <coughs> excuse me, early summer 2023, over the last nine months, the Lord has been cleansing me even more from pride. I did not realize that that was still sticking to me. I'm your teacher. Don't look at me as being pure and perfect. I'm still learning these things. I am literally being scraped off the hull of a mighty ship. That was the dream and vision that I had of some of the pride that was still remaining because Jesus, at least in my case, wants this holy temple to be as pure as his message he wants me to deliver to you. So, friends, I deal with this, too, to this day. And I'm learning, nope. I'm, I'm getting a little bit too cocky, a little bit, as we say in the South, too big for my britches. That's what we used to say when I was growing up. 
So I just caution you of the nine ways that we can be misled. And think about the arrogance that's in the marketplace even today. Even as we speak in June 2023, this entire month in the United States has been declared as Pride Month. And for those of us living in the Western U.S., and you know what that means in terms of the self-righteousness, the self-arrogance, the evil that's being pushed in our face under the name of pride. Well, don't be so proud that you do not think that might be some evidence of that even in how you're running your business or in your leadership. So just be aware. We can easily fall into the world's ways when we start on that slippery, slippery slope of being a little bit too pride-led. So of those nine ways, once again, here are the nine ways that I learned that Jesus taught me as I was learning to hear the voice of Holy Spirit. This is how I was being misled. This is what I needed to deprogram myself from the world's way so that I could be ready to receive His way. If I was carrying too much of any one of these things, I was blocking the work of Holy Spirit. So once again, get the, I encourage you, I'm, I'm not trying to sell you a book to make money. I don't make a lot of money on the books. That's not the point. The point is you have this in front of you if you so wish in the books or the e-books or go back and buy the audio book so you can listen to it again. These are the nine ways that we can be misled. Just one, I'm just going to read the list and then share the frightening reality of, from this list for you. Two head-led, money-led, innovation-led, opportunity-led, price-led, expert-led, pressure-led, feelings-led, and then pride-led. Now, here is the frightening reality that the Lord taught me. This shook me to the bone when I realized this as I was going, Lord, this is the way that I have been doing business. I don't want to do that anymore. You're teaching me a new way. He said, well, Jim, here's the frightening reality. If you right now, friends, this is the reality. If you are being led by some of these things, and we could add more to the list. This was my list. If you are being led by these things, then you have no competitive advantage against your competitors. Why? Because you're competing in the same things they're competing with. You have zero competitive advantage if this is how you're being led in the marketplace. You're no different than your competitors. <coughs> no different. Now, I want to share with you, and this, as I was preparing for this, the Lord reminded me of the introduction that he had me write at the very beginning of the book. I just want to read you a couple of sentences from this because we're going to start shifting our language. One of the things you do to stop being led by the world's way is shift the language. Think about how the enemy has shifted language and society in so many places. We could have a series of shows just on that. We're going to start shifting the way you describe yourself, how you see yourself. In the introduction, the Lord had me write this. The target audience for our unfair advantage. That was his title. The target audience for this book is what I call two percenters. A two percenter is any man or woman who works in a for-profit, privately held biblically-based company. Let me go back and say that again. For-profit, privately held, biblically-based. Now, you could be a for-profit Fortune 500 that wants to work on 
these print on on our unfair advantage. That's fine, but this work, this work is designed for the smaller entrepreneur, and I say in terms of size, size of company, for profit, privately held, biblically based. As a two percenter, you have available. This is the introduction. An unlimited, amazing, and exciting unfair competitive advantage in your market that, until now, you've probably been underutilizing. Well, if you follow along with the first few teachings, you can see by following that you are underutilizing your potential supernatural unfair competitive advantage. Let me, let me tell you why this 2 percenter concept is so important to me. And I'm going to wrap up with this, with this closing in terms of a couple of stats and then a verse from the Word. Just yesterday, I rechecked U.S. Chamber of Commerce and other uh, online sources for how many businesses in the U.S. there are under 500 employees. Under 500 employees. For the most part, those are, those are uh, privately held businesses. There may be a couple of publicly traded companies at 500 employees, but not many. Most are much larger than that. So I wanted to look at how many today, versus when I wrote the book, how many today are under 500 employees? 61, no, excuse me, 6.1 million companies in 2023 in the United States of America have less than 500 employees. 6.1 million companies. Now, this book is written to the two percenters. Of that 6.1 million, I suggest there are 2% that desire to be not only for-profit, but biblically based, honoring the Lord in all they do. 2%, friends, of 6.1 million companies is 122,000 companies. There are 122,000 companies just in the U.S., that that sounds like a huge market for us, but through this media and others, those are the ones we're going after. Imagine this. If you decided to fully commit to be a two-percenter, to unleash your unfair competitive advantage by the power of Holy Spirit in your for-profit, privately held business, imagine the impact we would have not only in the U.S., but the world. That's what we're doing on this show helping you tune in and dial into what that unfair competitive advantage might be. And it's all based upon one key verse. One key verse. Romans 8, verse 14. Romans 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God, that are led by the Spirit of God. When you study that in Romans 8, 14, are led by, that's the New King James version. When you study it, it means this, that they are allowing themselves to be continually led. I'm going to say that again. Allowing themselves to be continually led. That's what we want to do for you in business to teach you how to be continually led by the Holy Spirit. And as you start, in the next show, we're going to talk about the big shift. And as you start to make this big shift from being a world leader to a spirit leader, from a worldly business person to a spirit-led business person, here's the shift that we're starting to make. 1 John 2, verses 15 and 16. Do not love the world or the things of this world, because if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 
for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but of this world. We just outlined nine ways that we can be led by the world, and we've given you the key to shifting from being world-led to spirit-led, and that is Romans 8, 14, to be continually led. This is literally the introduction as we now begin to make the big shift toward being led by the Spirit of God. We cannot skip these steps. The Lord very clearly said, Jim, this is the process I want my people to learn. It's not just a quick fix. It's not just a, oh, yeah, I want to do it. There is a there is a prophetic process, and that's what we're walking through right now in the Unfair Advantage Show. We've gotten through how to be, how to move away and let's be aware of, just be aware of when all of these little things of being too pride-led, too head-led, and the others are popping up. So with that, we're going to close this show with a word of prayer. And in the next show, we're going to come back and talk about what it means to make this big shift. It's going to be a show of exhortation. It's going to be a show of encouragement. So let me end this show in a word of prayer. Lord, you gave this message to me so many years ago. This book was written now eight years ago. And now was your time, Holy Spirit, to put this permanently on the video and digital shelves for the world to see forever. This was your timing. It wasn't mine. I wanted to be led by the world. I wanted to do this six, seven, eight years ago. You created me as a, as a type A. Let's go get her done. That's exactly what many of my brothers and sisters that are entrepreneurs in the marketplace that must be competitive, that must literally move fast. I was facing the same things, but you told me to slow down and learn how to activate the purity of Holy Spirit in the marketplace in business. And that's what this is for. This is for your glory, not for mine. So I pray over my friends watching this now, 30 years from now, 60 years from now. Friends, as the Lord taught me, may Holy Spirit be kind as He always is. May He be patient as He always is. And may you be patient with yourself to learn this. So once this foundation is set, you will never go back to the old ways. All things will become new as you learn to become a full two percenter in this work. Lord, for your glory, for reestablishing the preeminence of Jesus in business, may this be just one small piece of that gigantic, beautiful picture you're weaving of helping your people learn how to be led, continually be led by your spirit, our communication conduit to the throne room. This is for your glory and not for mine. May this be an, a word of exhortation and a prayer of prophetic power over the people listening in Jesus' name. Amen. Hope today has been kind of a wrap-up, a good wrap-up, and here we go. Now we're starting to make the big shift. Next show, the big shift. See you next week.